Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second Work Rate podcast, where we discuss all things wrestling that we love. I am uh, Mike Fenn. This is Brad Brad Hardcastle, all the way from Oklahoma. I'm in Toronto, if anyone wants to know. So we're going uh, we're going global with this podcast. Uh, international, international, indeed. Um, so normally with, with these Thursday podcasts, we're going to focus on AEW Dynamite because uh, that is, well, for me, that's my primary love aside from NJPW. And uh, we will also talk about what else, briefly, what else we watched throughout the week. So we will uh, we'll start with that. Um, I actually didn't watch anything else. I was doing some work stuff. So, Brad, why don't you tell us what you watched? You don't have to go too in depth, but uh, take it away. Uh, Sunday, I watched the NXT Takeover. Uh, it was a pretty all right show, but the main event was that's probably the best WWE match I've seen in a long time. Uh, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, but that's what you expect from those two guys. It's, they just let loose. Mm-hmm. It, it's good. They had good psychology in the match and. Good strikes. Finn Balor, I think, broke his jaw in the match. So it tells you how hard-hitting it was. Oh, my goodness. And then I've just been, yeah, I've just been watching, uh, trying to keep up with the the G1. Uh, some highlights of that were anytime Ishii's wrestled this week, all the matches have been good. Uh, Shingo Takagi and Ibushi had a really good match. Uh, Yoshihashi and Naito actually had a really excellent match that I liked. Uh, I may be the only one because looking on Twitter, it didn't seem like Everyone else liked it as much as I did, but I loved that match. I thought it told a really good story of Yoshiashi trying to step up to the champ's level and him trying to hang with the champ the whole match. It's just, I loved it. I thought it was a really good match. But yeah, I've just been trying to catch up on G1. And then I, but it, and this week, it, for some reason, it's like there's been a show every night. So it's oh, yeah. really the, hard to try to keep up. The wrestling is, uh, there's like wrestling going almost every day. Actually, one thing yes. I will talk about is uh, AEW Dark this past week was actually really solid. One thing that they are doing, I, I can't really remember all the matches off the top of my head, but one thing that they are doing right now is uh, they're input. They're doing a lot of promos and story work that is um, specific to Dark and also to Dynamite as well. Like Eddie Kingston is getting a lot of uh, promo work with his family angle that he's doing right now so he's doing some some dark exclusive promos and some directed at john moxley where uh he like in his match he finished a guy with a kimura and um when he finished it uh he looked directly at the camera pointed to it winked and then went on and said uh he said, John Moxley, I know that you've been training with Josh Barnett, so you know what a Kimura looks like. This is for you. I've been working on this for you. I did not tap um, yeah. based off their last Man. match. So that Please feud is going to be day. ongoing, and I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I would actually like those guys to feud long after uh, um, Moxley eventually drops the belt. Because I think, because mm-hmm. I don't think they they gotta have a death match at some point, right? Yeah, I like I, I feel that they're probably leading to an I quit match, because that makes sense. Because yeah. he didn't tap, and I I think the thing is that neither of those two guys have tapped, and mm-hmm. both and Moxley has 
he's won by the two submission matches that he's won. He's either choked a guy out and the ref has stopped it or a towel's been thrown in. Mm-hmm. So I th- they're doing they're doing that on purpose and I really like that. And uh one other thing um Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison got a win. And the oh, nice. announcers were putting it over heavy, heavily saying um we could be looking at one of the next great tag teams in AEW. Like like the start of something wow. big to come. So I I think uh there's a lot of like enhancement people that have been around consistently for over three months at this point. And I and some of them since uh when the pandemic just started. And I would think that a lot of those people are either on both developmental deals as well as um, per appearance base until mm-hmm. they get the next show, which is supposed to come either this year, but I probably not at this point because of the pandemic. If not, but they yeah. said it will. Twenty twenty one would make yeah, sense. Yeah, they said it will happen in twenty twenty one, and I think probably first half of the year because it was supposed to happen this year. But the pandemic scuttled that. Like in their contract, it was supposed to happen this year, um, and that's going to be on TNT, right? Yeah, it'll be like a YouTube show, or it'll be on Warner. It'll be on uh, Warner. Turner Broadcast, so it could be on TBS. TBS. I I would think uh, a second show of, I think, looking at all the days, I think Saturday at six o'clock would actually be the best, which would be a uh, Saturday night. That that's a W that's a NWA and WCW reference yeah. there, six oh five. Mm-hmm. Um and I would I'd say that there's a bunch of guys all signed to uh to some sort of deal and then once that second show hits, then they'll be signed officially to that show. Mm-hmm. That's my thinking. I could see that. That's yeah, my definitely. thinking. Saturday at, yeah. at six again would be awesome because that'd make me feel like a kid again watching wrestling on Saturday nights. Because mm-hmm. they because they really put over Pillman and, and Griff Garrison like heavily. Yeah. So it's like so okay, maybe that means he won't be signing with MLW or his contract's up with them soon. Well, I'm here. I've heard that uh, he told them if they didn't run a show by October, he wanted out. Like they should just let him go at that point. Like because he was saying at that point you haven't held your end of the bargain. Yeah, which is ballsy on his part because I'm not sure if that's how contracts <laughs> work. But um, then, but the, also, uh, I think his but, contract I mean, he's is Brian Pillman Jr. So he could probably go wherever he wants yeah, if they didn't. He would, you know. And he said that he said that his future is in AEW. He said that's the family that he mm-hmm. wants. So he's he's going to be there. I mean, I don't know why a company would want to keep somebody around if they didn't want to be there. Like, just stick with your other stars. You can sign yeah. other people. But, um, yeah. like, they have they, Mance Warner, MLW, too. Man. Like, they have some good start. They have they have Calvin Tankman. They yeah. have Mance Warner. They have Hammerstone. They don't need Pillman. They don't. No. They have, who's their champ? It's Fatu, right? Yeah. Fa- and brother. Fatu is, like. He's amazing. Like, he's going to be in WWE eventually with yeah. all the other Fatus. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised he's not there already. I know. It was actually pretty shocking when he re-signed with MLW. It's like, mm-hmm. why, dude? 
but yeah, I mean they're treating him like the top a star. guy there. So yeah, they're treating him like a star. So some people just want to continue that legacy. Hmm. Anyways, um, yeah. So AEW Dark is actually doing really well, and the matches this week were really good. There was, there was actually a Lucha Brothers versus Joey and Sunny match, which was the finale, which was awesome as well. Yeah. Really that good. seems like it'd be good. I need to watch Dark. Yeah, the, the, the G one. They week. put it's, on. It's my whole life is G one right now. They put on. Oh yeah, one thing that I was noticing this week, this week specifically, they had a lot of, or and last week as well, they had a lot of SoCal guys that I recognized from hmm. indies that people watched. Like one was the guys that used to be on Bar Wrestling and stuff like that. They had uh, Watts on, who is. Uh, I don't know if people remember when I think was it Omega attacked Jericho or Jericho attacked Omega at bar wrestling. Anyways, Watts was involved in that angle and I was just like, and it adds a lot of legitimacy to the matches in dark now, whereas before when it was like the other guys that were clearly way under leveled compared Mm -hmm. to the signed guys, it, it was just like, okay, this is, this looks like stuff that you just don't want to put on TV. Whereas yeah. the matches this past week were legit TV caliber matches. Cause these guys could all work and they were names. I knew them just from the <laughs> indies. I was like, okay, that's always nice. Like they had, when you see an indie guy, you're like, Oh, Hey, I know that guy. They had a guy. I can't remember his first name. Bowens with, he was on and he's very good. And I've heard a lot of people talk and he had some moves that I've never seen before. And not just oh, like nice. flippy moves, like like they look like uh, Brian Cage moves. Like you know when Brian Cage picks a guy up and does something crazy, you're like, oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> it was like yeah. that. And he he was he was excellent, and he was paired with Lee Johnson, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's. I mean, I mean, I don't like when um, promotions just take. Um, like people who are minorities and just put them together as a tag team. It's kind of, it's a, it's very lazy. You can see what they're it's doing. It's very, very lazy. Yeah. And they always do is like, yeah. like, uh, and I don't want to harp on WWE, but like every black guy is in a team with another black guy. Every Mexican wrestler is in a team with another Mexican wrestler. It's like, give mm-hmm. me a break guys. Like enough yeah. of this crap. Well, WWE's doing the the hurt business right now. And yeah, pretty it, good. But that's, I mean, any faction with the MVP is going to be good. So yeah, for sure. It's just I don't know. It's like when it's every single time, yeah. it gets a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying. It's kind of yeah. you can just like I know what you're trying to do. And it doesn't and, have to be that way. Anyways, we we should get we should get going on this. So uh, let's get oh. to the let's get to the main show. And okay, so obviously this is. Chris Jericho's 30th anniversary show. So th- throughout the throughout this night they had they would have um a match and then they would they would usually splice in between the matches they would have sort of like a uh, little tribute videos where it was mostly rock stars and other celebrities just being like mm-hmm. congratulations Jericho on 30 years yada 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 and they would uh they would Every once in a while, there would be uh, a person of note on there, and I will call out a couple um, eventually. Uh, 
not quite yet. It started, I think, uh, Scorpio Sky might have been the first guy to congratulate him on the 30 years. And it's cute. I, th- yeah, I thought a- they just a bunch of AEW wrestlers at first. Yeah, I, I thought they would do a little bit more with Celebration. But the, uh, the, the uh, little videos were nice. And there was actually some of quite large significance. But I'll start with the first match. Mm-hmm. And that was... Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage, and this was Will Hobbs's first, as far as I know, his first uh, AEW singles match on Dynamite, and I thought he looked fantastic. Yes, I thought this, this was ruled. This was an absolute hoss battle. It was. Yeah. It was just an. Uh, it was a banger of epic say, proportions. Yeah, I got to say, my wife listened to our first episode last week, and she was poking fun at me for saying that something I like in wrestling is big, meaty men slapping into each other. Yeah. (laughs) And while we're eating dinner, watching this match, I was like, this is what I was talking about on the podcast. So if she listens this far into this episode, there's her shout out. Yeah. Yeah, that match ruled. It was really, I thought Hobbs looked great. The one thing that uh, people had said about Hobbs uh, early on in his AEW tenure is he might not have the cardio because his first a lot of his uh like his first five or six matches they were short like he (laughs) he would get in his big uh his big spine buster and that was about it but in this this match went i think at least 12 or 13 minutes it was it was fairly long cage (laughs) looked fantastic hobbs looked fantastic i was actually i was slightly and cage Cage went over with the win. I was slightly disappointed that they uh, that they let Hobbs hit his finisher, which is a spine buster. That's called the the last will and testament, last will and testament which I think is amazing, especially with uh, Excalibur calling it because he just, he just does a mm-hmm. last will and testament when he yeah. hits it, like he hits it on the testament. It's fantastic. But then um, Cage kicked out, and I was like. Oh man, the first time he hits a guy with his move on dynamite and it gets kicked out. It's kind of a it's kind of a tough thing to happen to a big guy cuz like big guys are supposed to you hit your finisher and it's done. And it's sort of like the first to the finisher wins the match, which I get what they're doing cuz it's his first match and the angle that they did afterwards was actually quite good. So I just I just felt a little bad. I almost but you the best part of Will Hobbs is that move. So you want you want people to see that move on the big screen with the uh, yeah. with the thousands of fans. So I completely understand why they did it. Maybe they could have done something where like he was too close to the ropes and like his inexperience played into it. Mm-hmm. Like Cage put his leg in the rope or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I did like that after he kicked out, he got visibly frustrated and then went to the top rope yeah. to get a frog splash and commentary played it up like oh he's leaving his feet he never does this so that Mm -hmm. that that was good that that played into the finish Uh, and it was it was it actually was really good because you could see he was frustrated he didn't know what to do so he went up to the top rope and then Mm -hmm. taz and then the their angle afterwards was tad taz called out to him and offered him a spot in uh the uh, in taz's crew i forget what they're called Team Taz. Oh, Team Taz. Very basic. Okay, there we go. Um, in Team <laughs> Taz, and uh, um, 
Ricky Starks came out and they were they were offering him a spot and they said they were going to beat him down if he didn't do it, which is kind of similar to when Darby Allen was losing and Taz tried to bring him in saying like, you screwed up, but I can teach you how to, how to make the right decisions. So in that sense, that actually is a good, like just uh, a good use of showing his frustration and having Taz like put out the hand to, to help him. And then of course um, he didn't want their help. Or actually, no, he didn't answer. I don't think, but Darby Allen. He didn't answer. He's and Darby. Al- Darby came out. Darby yeah. came out and chased them away. So, I assume we're going to get a tag team match next week, and that's going to be great. And yeah. s- supposedly, uh, Will Hobbs kind of stared down Darby while his back was to him. So there's sort of maybe a little tension there as well, which I think would be pretty is uh, pretty intriguing as well. Um, maybe when that tag match happens we'll see a uh, betrayal and Hobbs will join team Taz Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I actually um, Will actually Will Hobbs and um, Ricky Starks have had some fun sort of indirect interactions on they've actually have faced each other on dark and and Starks beat him pretty early but that was before Will Hobbs had signed Um, Mm. But the past couple weeks when Will Hobbs has had a match, uh, Ricky Starks is always on commentary. And every time Will Hobbs hits the, uh, hits the spine buster, uh, they always cut to Ricky Starks' face. And he has, he has like, this, like this disgusted, shocked look. And he's like clutching his pearls. <laughs> and he makes like a little, he makes like a little gasp. He's like a, <gasps> and he's like, Taz. You can't let me face him. You can't let me get hit by that move. I can't handle that move. It is That's really, nice. really funny. So I think they're building a fairly long, substantial program with these four guys where they're probably going to play them all off each other or they're all going to face each other in different forms, which I think will be pretty good. Yeah, that'd be really good. And I'm glad they're giving uh, Hobbs the opportunity because I see nothing but upsides for him. He's excellent. Oh yeah, he remind yeah he's the he's the big hoss type that you used to see in WWE with like the Mark Henry type guys. Yeah. Like they yeah, they don't go a long he's time. Built, but he's not like cut. He's just a massive man. Yeah, apparently he benches like four thirty five or something silly. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. So I, well, I, one thing I want to point out before we move on from this yeah. match, uh, I like. During the commentary, I've noticed it before, but last night I really noticed it. I think Will Hobbs hit Cage with a sit-out powerbomb, and then they pointed out that that move looks cool, but it's not effective at getting a pin because you can't put enough weight on their shoulders. So he kicked out. I, I just I like those little details that mm-hmm. commentary adds mm-hmm. so much. Absolutely. They actually call the moves and let you know, like, hey, he kicked out of this because the way you land – with your opponent on that move, you can't really put weight on the shoulders, so they, it's easier for him to kick out. I like that kind of stuff. No, it's great. And uh, I do like when they point that out. And that's one thing that sometimes JR is a little iffy on that stuff because you don't really want to like point out the almost like plot holes in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. But, and sometimes I think the newer stuff kind of <laughs> goes over his head or gets to him, so he, yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't really seem to notice it. Sometimes he sometimes he points it out out of frustration, and it's like, yeah, Jr. Like this, they're acting, man. Mm-hmm. Like just chill. 
It's, <laughs> it's wrestling JR. Everything's absurd a little bit. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the next match. The next match was uh, FTR versus the Hybrid 2, which is Jack Evans and and Angelico and or Angelico. And um, this was the 20 Minutes of Greatness, which is essentially the uh, TV open challenge, but for tag. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I kind of like that they're do- that they're doing this. They just rotate from one belt has the uh, open challenge to another belt because it kind okay. of uh, yeah. it gives people things to do and puts uh, puts a belt on TV every week, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was, FDR I'm... was uh, it was solid. They were FDR's usual down to earth Smash Mouth. Grab the high flyers where the where they're flipping around and flying around, yeah. and there was actually an an unfortunate. I think it was an unfortunate injury. I couldn't tell if it was incredible selling, and I I was going back and forth on whether this this was selling. Um, I think it was Jack Evans hit a massive move where he launched over top of the ring post to the guys on the outside and then he came up lame on one of his legs Mm -hmm. and but then he he was the legal man so he stayed in for a while and the but then ftr were targeting that leg like hitting it on the railings hitting it on the post working on it with submissions so it's like oh okay this is we're being worked here this isn't a legit injury But then Jack Evans went for a, uh, I think a 450 splash at one point and completely botched it and ended up kicking, I think it was uh, Cash in, or Dax in the head. Like he missed it and then went back up to the second rope and did a different move instead. And and it looked like it, he missed it because of the injury. So then I was like, oh, sh- Shit, is he injured? Um, and this is one thing that AEW is really, really good at. They do worked injuries that look like absolutely legit injuries. So you can't tell. There have been times when guys have been hurt and I don't, and legitimately hurt. And I think it's a work and vice versa. Eddie Kingston did that in his debut match where he looked visibly hurt i'm thinking he was really hurt and i was like oh no miro not now miro did hurt himself in his first match and that but then was able to uh overcome it and ended up still looking like a beast by the end of it and this one and and they did it with with mark quen in another match they keep they do these worked injuries really really well and i could not tell until the botch, whether or not it was legit or not, and I think it was legit. And if so, I'm actually I'm actually pretty upset because Jack Evans just got back from injury. This was his first mm-hmm. uh, match back from a broken jaw, and he's. I mean, his style's kind of he's pretty crazy. So well, his I'm style's cra- there's more. there's YouTube videos online just called Jack Evans, please don't die, and it's just him mm-hmm. doing crazy stuff for like 15 years yeah just like i remember the first time i heard the please don't die chant was from jack evans in ring of honor yeah it's like this big eight-man cage match and he did a double moonsault off the cage to the out (laughs) not back into the ring but to the outside floor luckily a business absolute nut and he caught him but (laughs) it was insane no this is this was a really good match it was a really good contrast um 
FTR looked really looked really good. Um, I'm hoping to see more of the hybrid too because they've actually been pushing and and Helico a lot on dark lately and mm-hmm. using his uh, is it is it Yaveo is that the Yaveo uh, submission style which is the Mexican submission yeah. style and he yeah. just they don't have anybody like that in AEW he his double he got an FTR on a double submission yeah he right? he's the and closest like, they have to a to a Zack Sabre Jr. And they're actually mm-hmm. similar builds. They're tall, rangy guys who can yeah. just tie you up in knots that you've never seen before. And they need to use that. And he, his dancing's funny. They're funny characters. Mm-hmm. But supposedly, I heard um, Jack Evans, the, it was like a month or so ago, somebody tweeted at him saying, oh, I wish AW would use you guys more. I'm I'm sad that, they, that they've kind of buried you. And he's he said, "Actually, that's not the case." He's like, he said, "I haven't been ring shape. I haven't been in ring shape so far since I've been in AEW, and I've been holding the team back. And 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 Helico's been really patient, but frustrated with me. And we're mm-hmm. and he said we're having a hard time writing for ourselves. So we're pitching ideas that aren't up to snuff, and they're not getting on TV because there's only two hours of TV time." And he's saying, mm-hmm. everything that you see on TV, you need to, you need to understand that it's the best foot forward. And so far, we have not been the best foot. He's like, and I agree with everything well, they've that's done. That's good that he can. He's like, I. He, that's good that he can admit to that and stuff. Yeah, he was like, uh, he's he said, I'm holding Angelico back right now. He's like, and there's a reason for that. He's like, and we need to be better at that, and that's why we're not on TV, and it's not AEW's fault. And I was like, holy smokes, this guy's the best. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, really cool that he, he admitted to that, at least. You know, most guys would mm-hmm. just be like, yeah, it does suck. Blah, blah, blah. Just go on like, from there. But and, that's really cool that he did that. And I'm sure Tony Khan appreciates that. And now all of a sudden they're on TV. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so hopefully he's not really hurt. And since. yeah, and he also said that while they were in the pandemic, um, he said, like, they did not have to be paid. They were stuck in Mexico. And Tony Khan kept paying them. He's like, And That's they cool. were not wrestling. He said, I really appreciate that. Because he was paying us while we were staying in our, staying in our uh, apartments at home. So That's he, really cool. He seems like he's got a really good head on That's his shoulders. That's good to hear. And I think uh, yeah. Santana came... I think it was either Santana Ortiz had a... a twitter thread as well that was very very similar and there are also guys where people are just like why aren't you on tv why aren't you on tv and they essentially just said it's not our time yet it'll be our time at some point but it's not yet yeah their their tag division so stacked right now yeah someone's hard someone's always excellent teams like those two Mm -hmm. someone's always gonna be um someone's always gonna seem like they're being snubbed because they just have a yeah. murderer's row in the tag division. Like, the yeah. jobbers are Sil- Silver and Reynolds, and Silver's one of the most over acts in, in, the, in the company yeah. right now. So, as you'll see later on in this, uh, in this podcast, I'll talk a little bit about him. Anyways, actually, I'll start talking about him now, because the next thing we have is Cody versus Brody Lee. 
So, Cody versus Brody Lee in a dog collar match was one of the matches of the year. It's not the match of the year, but it's one of them for AEW, without a doubt. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I I really loved the gravitas in this match. Um, it was a... Uh, it's such a cool concept that... You, you don't see that at all. I think uh, they were saying that they could only, there's only like five recorded um, or five documented dog collar matches in all of professional wrestling. I don't know if that's wrestling. in wrestling in general, which uh, mm-hmm. is very, very cool. And I remember always hearing yeah. about these matches, but I've never actually seen one. So that was really cool to see. And. <clears throat> It's cool they brought out Greg Valentine. Yeah, who looked like... Because uh, his is yeah. probably the most famous one. Yeah, I loved Greg Valentine when I was a kid. So it, it was really cool to yeah. see him back because that was the era of WWE. And I like that, that his hair has never changed. Mm-hmm. I like that his, his hair is the changed. exact same. It's the same. His hair is the same. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow, that's some good genes on that hair, man. It's never, Since I remember seeing you as a kid, it's been the exact same. Yeah. So Cody comes out in his black gear and he looks awesome in black. I have to give him credit. He looks like a million bucks in black and it actually makes the, the tattoo look not. It makes the tattoo look a lot better. Yeah, it makes the tattoo <laughs> look pretty good when it when it's with the black. It's it's pretty striking. And, uh, and they use John Silver. At, at the, so they get in there, they're attached in the chains, and they use John Silver at the beginning of this match. He's standing on the apron, I guess, trying to maybe run some interference. But Cody goes right after him, clocks him with the uh, with the chain, mm-hmm. and then John Silver comes up, and he's uh, and he's all bloody. He's, he's bleeding. He's bleeding already. It's like thirty seconds <laughs> into the match. There's already blood, um, mm-hmm. and blood in this match was used very well. That's something that Cody's criticized a little bit for overbooking the blood. But I thought it was just done oh, to... Oh, this match, it worked perfectly. Yeah, this match was booked perfectly. This was like a perfect Cody match. This is a perfect Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. match. This is what he keeps trying to do. He's finally nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. So, But then uh, Brody Lee goes out and sort of... He, he was sort of feigning concern. He was just like... He's like, oh, sorry, John Silver. Like, uh, go, go sit in the corner. So he he sits him down in a chair, and then <laughs> Cody takes a running drop kick from off screen and nails Silver, and he's Silver. just completely <laughs> knocked out. And then, uh, um, I think it was Anna Jay has to come down, pick up Silver, and take him to the back. And I believe that they are setting up uh, Silver versus Brody Lee feud for i don't know when if it's going to be down far down the road but i i don't think it can be that far down the road i think it's going to happen fairly soon where uh when's their pay-per-view revolution that's in november right yeah or full gear full gear full gear is in is the next one in february in at the beginning of november i believe okay and uh yeah, so I think that's coming fairly soon, and I think they can't get to it soon enough because John Silver is incredibly over, and I th- he's and, hungry, and I think he's honestly one of the best workers in the company. And it's funny because when they when Reynolds and Silver first showed up on TV, it was like I 
I've watched a lot of uh, Beyond Wrestling, so I've seen a lot of their matches when they weren't jobbers, when we they were like the top guys in a company, and mm-hmm. they are phenomenal. So I'm so happy that just his work, his work rate has gotten him over because mm-hmm. he was competing as a jobber and got over taking losses to to all the stars in the company. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's just a phenomenal worker and he just he reminds me of like Wolverine. Like he's just this little jacked meat missile. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that was his uh one of his nicknames in the Indies was Meat Missile. Meat Missile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does he's got the his arms make me laugh because they're his arms are as wide long, as he is tall. Massive. Yeah. His arms are as wide yeah, as he they're... is tall. He's incredible. But anyways, so uh, so yeah, so there are so many cool spots in this match, um, and they really they were able to circumvent each other's moves a lot with the chain. There's this one move early in the match where, uh, and it hints to something later in the match where Cody goes up for the disaster kick, and Brody just yanks the chain like Scorpion, just get over here, and pulls him right off the ropes. <laughs> And I was, mm-hmm. I was just like, this, this is so well done, because it's like, yeah, we've, we've never seen anything like we're we're seeing moves and ways to counter moves that you will not see in any other match, and we've never seen in any other match, because I'm not sure any of these other matches even have footage, so unless you're out, mm-hmm. unless you're out there in like 1983, which is before I was born. You yeah. haven't you haven't seen this stuff. Um, yeah, I like the uh, when Cody pulled Brody off the apron into the cutter. That was an awesome spot. Yeah, th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's where uh, Cody sort of learned from uh, from Brody pulling him off the top rope with the chain and did it to Brody, where he yanked him off the apron into into the cutter, which was, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the best spot of the match. And um, yeah, then there's the package pile driver through the table for off the apron, which was nuts, which happened during picture in picture. And <laughs> yeah. I, I actually really like that because it sort of makes me like, oh, shoot, I have to watch it during commercials. Like anything yeah, could no. happen. And mm-hmm. I I kind of liked when AEW started, they said, uh, if a match ends during commercial, we'll catch you up on what happens. So it's sort of like, oh, shoot, any anything can happen. Like a match can end during, I almost want them to do that once where a match will end in picture in picture or it'll end in commercial and then they have to Mm -hmm. recap you. So you're like, oh shoot, this is a real fight. Yeah, it could happen at any time. What does JR say? Are restaurant quality picture in pictures? (laughs) JR is so funny (laughs) with the picture in picture stuff. He he gets... I don't want to actually. I don't want to talk about Jay off getting off getting off on anything, or Jr. getting off on something. <laughs> but um, follow him on Twitter for that. But yeah, jeez, horniest man on earth. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, and there's this one spot. I don't know because your your internet went out when you're watching it, correct? Yes. You, yeah, you, I've gone back and watched the ending. Okay, but. okay. Did you see the part where uh, 
where Cody wrapped the chain around Brody's face. So once around his mouth, once around his nose, and once around his eyes. Uh, no, I did not see that part. It is so cool. And they zoomed right up on Brody's face, and he's gushing blood at this point. <laughs> he's got the crimson mask, and he just looks like he's in a torture device. And Cody's just wrenching on that. it, and you're like... <laughs> it is brutal. It was like the it was like they did the the full zoom right. It, he took the whole he took up the whole screen, and it was just such a mm-hmm. such a striking image. And um, I have to find a picture of it to make my wallpaper on my computer. Yeah, and Cody, I think Cody hit two crossroads in this: one for the win, one to bust Brody mm-hmm. open, and then he uh, and then Cody cut um, one of those one of those Cody promos. Here, where he's crying, he's talking about how he does this all for the fans, how he knew he had to come back, and and didn't he mention like people think he's going to the dark side, but he's not? Yeah, which I don't. I almost cut. I kind of wish he did. Otherwise, it's really just a a color change. Like I wish there was some significance. Yeah. Did he? Isn't he filming a show? He he's filming a show, but the in the show guy? he's blonde. Oh, okay. Never so uh, he might have died it for the show. Yeah, he. So that's essentially why he left. Like in kayfabe, <laughs> he got injured by Brody Lee, but really he went off and he did uh, he did a reality TV show for TNT. But he came back with okay, the dark yeah, hair competition show. And um, but they were sort of they had been teasing Cody being heel for a long time, so I'm. It's kind of hoping he would just come back heel, but uh, they're just sort of mm-hmm. they're doing the death of Superman angle essentially, and we know that yeah. we know that Cody is a big comic book fan, and mm-hmm. he even did um, he did that limited release um, T shirt with the Nightmare Family logo that was all bloody and it was called Death of Cody. So he's really drawing parallels to the Death of Superman where he comes back and he over and he takes back the company from the bad guy, which okay, fair enough. Um mm-hmm. I just Yeah, I I don't know. I, I expected a little more out of yeah the the new character for Cody because it seems like it's just the same character for Cody with different with black hair yeah but he's he's over so it's working for him but yeah he's fine just as a fan of Brody lee i did not want to see him drop the title so no it it seemed it seemed a little quick although i will give them credit like uh aw often is a little predictable with its Mm -hmm. uh with the results of its matches on tv like uh in terms of uh building towards their pay-per-views with their stories, you know who's going to win on TV. You can you can jot it down almost 90% of the time you're going to be right. You know exactly who wins cuz it makes sense for the story and they're building towards the finale or towards the blow-off and you know but you never know who's going to win at the pay-per-view. That's always very unpredictable, but on TV it's actually quite predictable and that's kind of a a complaint that people have had of them. Mm-hmm. So, I think I TV like, it's fine to be predictable. I don't, but I don't know. Pay per views, like you said, it's good. Yeah, I don't know if this was the spot to swerve, mm-hmm. but uh, but it it was it's fine. I, like I'm willing to see they 
have a lot of goodwill from me and I'm willing to see where they go with this. I don't think this story is done with him and Brody. Um, oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's what I was going to say as a the fan of big, a fan of Brody Lee as I am, it sucks to see him lose the title, but I'm sure they have a story planned out that they'll execute. Let me run this by you. Mm-hmm. You mentioned like, it, that it's... you think Brody and silver are going to fight. Yeah. Brody what and silver during one of Cody's open challenges, uh, silver wins the title from Cody and <laughs> That makes Brody mad. And it could go to... There's also going to be the Brody Colt Cabana thing at some point. Like, they have... Mm-hmm. Like, some people have been saying that uh, Brody Lee got buried. Brody Lee did not get buried. Brody Lee looked like an absolute hoss in this match. That is not a burial. Yeah. In every match, someone has to lose. Like, no. It was not a burial. I think people always mix up tired of hearing a this match shit. with being buried. Yeah, losing a match. If you have a competitive match with the top star of the company that and you lose, that's not a burial. Yeah. If if you lose and then we don't see you for three months, yeah, that's a burial. Otherwise, it's not a burial, and I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Like, this isn't Lana yeah. being put through tables every week since Rusev left. <laughs> like, that's a burial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then Cody issued oh, yeah. a challenge for next week, right? Yeah, he issued. Well, he he said, "I don't know who my next opponent is going to be. I haven't thought that far ahead. I was focused on this match." And then Orange Cassidy comes out and just gives his little thumbs up, and Cody gives a thumbs up back. So we're getting that for next week. And I actually genuinely feel like Cassidy could win. That'd be pretty funny if Cassidy won. That'd be not funny, but it'd be funny and cool. Is every title on the line next week? Is every title? Uh, yeah. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if it. Yeah, it looks like it is. Maybe not the women's title. I haven't heard anything, but they yeah. kind of tend to fart those out a little bit at the last minute. Yeah. So we'll see. Um. But yeah, so well, because Orange Cassidy faced um Brody Lee, and now Orange Cassidy is facing Cody. And Cody has faced Brody Lee and will face Orange Cat. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is a coincidence. I, because I, I really do question, like, having a Cassidy challenge for the title two times in three weeks for the same title. It mm-hmm. doesn't really make. I can see Brody coming out saying, I beat him and he doesn't deserve a chance. Yeah, I, I think. I think they have thought this through. Mm-hmm. If not, then they're just hot shotting for, sh- for a rating, which fine, I guess. But I, yeah, it could just be for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Orange Cassidy's become one of their biggest stars since Dynamite started. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could just and be that they just want him on the TV. I will. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I I won't say I don't like the booking until I see how this until I see how this turns out. Okay, moving on. I actually forgot to mention one set of video packages between the last two matches, and this is the one of the significant ones. Was actually it happened after the? Well, actually, I haven't talked about any of them. Anyways, so there was one set of uh, tribute things for Chris Jericho, where one of the guys um, saying congratulations was Hiroshi Tanahashi. From NJPW, yes, yes, yes. who is a very good friends with Chris, who is very good friends with Chris Jericho, um, they have a lot of mutual respect for each other. However, there is uh, 
now the renewed rumblings of AW and NJPW um, opening up the discussion to working together again after I think it's Harold Magee's. Uh, anyways, their their president left. I can never pronounce his yeah, name. <laughs> the, I, his first name's Harold, I believe. I I don't know how to pronounce his last name, so I'm I'm not going to try. Um, he uh, apparently he was one of the main reasons, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons why uh, they didn't work together. Apparently, Cody tried to mm-hmm. meet with him when AW's first starting, and he flat out said no. Um, and supposedly, the uh, some people in NJPW weren't happy with how he handled North America, how he handled AEW. AEW stars weren't happy with how he handled it. Um, and I, I'd like to think it's not a coincidence that less than a week after he has been let go from NJPW, Hiroshi Tanahashi shows up on screen on AEW. And Ta- but mm-hmm. Tanahashi was the guy who had the match with Jericho where they made up the own where they made up the stipulation of if Tanahashi won he got a shot at the title. And that was just between them yeah. knowing that Ma- knowing that Jericho was gonna win and that wasn't gonna happen. So this could still be a little bit of that. But um It's it's I don't know. With the rumblings like you said and then that, it seems like and it's hopefully something. And it's not it's them, not the only be great. It's not the only hint on this show mm-hmm. towards that. Archer cut a promo as well. Mm-hmm towards Moxley where he showed footage of their match in NJPW and he that those two segments happened back to back and AW knows that their fans are going to put those two things together there was Mm -hmm. a lot of New Japan references in this uh, in, in this episode Moxley had one as well during his promo um yeah, and uh, and the uh, the other um, tribute package was of significance was MJF, and um, I heard uh, it was it was what culture that had I will put over what culture's coverage of AEW until the cows come home. They had <laughs> said um, on their preview show for this that um, MJF will likely. Uh, he'll likely hint towards what he's going to do in the future within a promo on the show. And lo and behold, he was talking about how when he and Chris Jericho first met, Chris Jericho came up to him and said, um, you have a lot of potential. You shouldn't be afraid to pick and choose certain aspects of the stars of this industry to incorporate in into who you are in AEW. And he pointed mm-hmm. at Chris Jericho and he said, you know what? I will take you up on that. I'm going to take some, I'm going to take some of your thing. I'm going to take something from you. And he didn't tell, and that is a hundred percent hinting. The inner circle. That's a hundred percent hinting to him, either infiltrating the infil the, the infil circle, the inner circle to breaking it up to taking it from him and it's brilliant 
Um, mm-hmm. And he also said, "I will I, be. He, I will show up later on in this episode for the, for your celebration." So, and the this is. Do you think he's going to take everyone, or yeah, he he's going to uh, break just up just everyone but Hager and Jericho. He's either going to wolf pack the inner circle, or he's going to Nation of Domination, the inner circle. One mm-hmm. of the two. And he's hinted at both. The wolf pack. He, he's hinted at both, yeah. which is really fun. Okay, so the next match was Serena Deeb versus Big Swole. I'm really excited about the Serena Deeb um, signing. And if people don't know, she is uh, she is the... I don't remember what her name was in WWE, but she was part of um, CM Punk's... The Straight um, Edge Society. Straight Edge Society. She was the woman with the shaved head. Uh, she yeah. never really worked much in WWE, but she's been a coach with them for years. And yeah. she worked... She was in the Mae Young Classic. And she was really good there, uh, so they yeah. they should have known what they had. I guess maybe they thought she was too old to be on TV. They seem to do a bit a little yeah. a little bit of that. They did that with JR and a few other people. Um But she has joined Which I don't think she's that old in like the grand scheme of things. No. She looks great and she is as smooth as anybody else. She doesn't make mistakes. She's a, she's thirty four. So. And well if if you think about all the uh, women's stars that WWE has now at this point, they were trained by Serena Deep. So mm-hmm. she's actually she for that reason alone she's a perfect person to a for AEW to have because she can work with their younger greener talent and sort of and yeah and help bring them yeah up. I see her as being sort of like a gatekeeper to their main card or to their upper card for the women's division like the, they'll have to go through her to get to the main event mm-hmm. I can see that for sure and I could see her yeah, she's great main eventing as well. Like uh oh yeah, she's sort of in the role that Emmy Sakura had for the Japanese, uh, Joshi wrestlers that they had. But Emmy Sakura has been stuck in Japan, so she hasn't been able to wrestle. And she can yeah. speak English, which is a big plus. That's one thing that has <laughs> held that has held has held back the women's division and will continue to is that some of their best workers couldn't speak English. Or yeah. at the very best, couldn't speak it very well, so they can't cut promos and they can't really do storylines, as you've seen with, um, with with Hikaru Shida. She's hardly been on TV because mm-hmm. she can't she can't cut a promo or she's uncomfortable cutting one, yeah. which is unfortunate. They really just need to get her a manager. Anyways, yeah, that. They should have got her one instead of Nyla Rose. Yeah, Nyla doesn't need one. Nyla's, Nyla a, Rose really Nyla's a good one. talker. Nyla doesn't need one. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways. Serena D versus... Really Sheeta and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. No, uh, Deeb and Swole is a perfect example of that. This was probably sw- one of Swole's best matches. It wasn't... It wasn't an excellent match, but it was a solid three, three and a half star match. Um, she looked good. She had good strikes. Deeb, Deeb sells well. She's a solid worker. There was no issues with... Uh, there were no botches, which has been an issue for the women's division with some of the younger talent. Um, 
I think they look great, and I love Swole. And I think oh, Swole cool. is... She's the number two ranked woman in the division, so she's mm-hmm. going to be getting a title shot soon, which I don't know if she's ready yet for that spot, but I'm excited to see her in it because I think when she's really going, she is probably next to uh, Hikaru Shida, of course, probably the best striker. Like her, her shots look stiff when she's working with somebody on her level or better. She's not great at facing mm-hmm. people who are a little greener than her because she doesn't have that much experience because she's only been in the business for, I think, three years. And I think that's three years, including training. Yeah. So, which is nuts considering how good she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. And she has, she's had a lot of health issues. So it's not been like three straight years. It's been like mm-hmm. three years and then like treatment for Crohn's disease or like a year and then treatment for Crohn's disease a year and then treatment for something else. Like it's not been three solid years and it's not like she's been working in WWE where you work all the time. She's been on the indies. Mm -hmm. So good for her. And I'm excited to see where, uh, what happens going forward. And okay. So after this, we had a Moxley cut a, uh, Cut a promo. It was a, it was a vignette where he was both in a bar and walking through like the desert, but uh, it was really well produced. I think it was shot by Sick Nick Mondo again, who did his. Yeah, it looked like that same promo when he first joined AEW. Yeah, and it, with uh, the, very good quality, and I thought it it was it felt like a western. It felt like he mm-hmm. was uh, he was preparing to go out for a duel at high noon the next day. And he's talking about Archer being like, I may not come back from this. He's saying that I know that eventually everybody gets their ticket punched. He's like, and Archer could, t- could punch my ticket. I know that because I've faced him before in Japan. So another Japan reference. Um, it's happening. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was very Western inspired, very samurai influenced. He even referenced samurais at one point, saying that uh, being a champion in wrestling is like being a samurai, where you're just you're just waiting for the next sword, for the next arrow to come your way, and everyone's gunning for you. And it was it was just perfect. It was exactly why I love John Moxley, and they have been doing more more and more promos like that and I'm very happy for that because they are excellent and they're yeah it was, it was just super polished and it made me yeah, really excited a for a match that really has gotten um derailed by covid yeah, with Ar- again covid yeah archer got covid 2 weeks ago he was supposed to have a the huge six-man match that didn't happen. He's pr- something was probably going to happen this week that didn't happen, but mm. next week should be big. And we know that they can go together. We've seen it, and we've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it at Wrestle Kingdom. So let's go, boys. <laughs> yeah, more meaty men slapping into each other. Yeah, I don't see Archer winning, but I think he doesn't have to. And the, this is one thing with AEW; they understand this. Um, Heels don't need to win. They need to beat down the faces and they can get over in losses. And uh, mm-hmm. AW understands this. 
and they have been presenting their heels that way, and I'm fine with it. Yeah, and Archer's the type that even if he does lose, the next week he could you can have him just destroy, absolutely wreck someone, and then he's right back to where he was. Yeah, he doesn't have to lose. He, like, what's he going to do? Come out and going to be like, oh, no, you know, that man looks weak because he lost his last match. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He looks like he's going to rip your damn head off. Next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He'll throw he'll throw someone through the ceiling again. Yeah. And then... <laughs> All right. So then the la then the the final match, which I was actually quite disappointed with, not in the necessarily the ring work, which was surprisingly good considering who was in the match, but because when I heard that Chris Jericho and Hager were facing Luther, his old friend of essentially 30 years he he helped them break into the business um and serpentico i was like okay well luther is probably of all the signed talent the worst talent on the roster so Mm -hmm. they're not going to put him in the main event if they don't have something special planned like i didn't think it was going to be just a straight match and it was just a match and it was like considering who was in it chris jericho at this point kind of needs someone special to be in the ring with because he is older and he needs to he can he can put together a great match but he's not he's not the most athletic guy in the world anymore he's he's in his 40s and luther i think might even be in his 50s like he's just as old as chris jericho and he's not in as good a shape as chris jericho is by by a long shot and I honestly thought the match the match was three stars at best, but like a, a legit three star match, sure. But this is the main event on a card that was so stacked, and on on the thirtieth anniversary of Chris Jericho, where people are people are expecting fireworks. I expected some crazy angle at some point to happen, and it just didn't. The match happened. Yeah, they subverted your expectations. Maybe. Yeah, but maybe that's what they were trying to do in a negative way. I don't. I just don't really understand. I just feel like maybe there's somebody else they could have done this with. Like mm-hmm. he's mentioned wanting to wrestle Lance Storm. Can Lance Storm still wrestle a match? I don't know. It was, I don't know. It, it was a little weird. That'd be- I, Nuts if Lance Storm showed up. Well, he he said that he wants Lance Storm to wrestle his final match. Mm-hmm. Like his final match, he wants to go with Lance Storm because they uh, that I, aside from Luther, I guess he's the one other guy who he came up with. Yeah, what was their tag team name? I Crap. I don't remember. Um, but if, if you do look online, there's a fantastic Thrill Seekers. Okay, I didn't know that. If if you look online, there's a fantastic uh, image of uh, Lance Storm and Chris Jericho posing in like these in oh, these yeah. little shorts, and um, John Silver, Silver and Reynolds recreated that photo yeah. with their own little yeah. shorts, <laughs> and it, it's very mm-hmm. funny. I suggest you uh, look it up on Twitter or Reddit. It's it's very very funny. Um, however, after the match was actually. The angle, the celebration was, again, a little bit less than I was expecting. However, there were some really cool parts. So Chris Jericho, he gets on the mic. He's all blown up. And he's saying, he's tell, he's turning into a face. This is what's happening. He's becoming a face. He's, he's doing a face turn. 
he's telling the fans how much he loves them, how much uh, these 30 years have meant to him, um, how he couldn't do it without them. And then MJF comes out and uh, he brings out, he's out, he's with Wardlow and he's got this thing under like a tarp and he brings out this tarp and you can kind of see there's legs underneath that kind of messed up the angles a little bit and, and Wardlow <laughs> jumped the gun a bit trying to pull it off but he's like he's like i have a present for you and he pulls it off and it's a clown in a uh in a chris jericho jacket he calls it chris chris jared joke or something and it was <laughs> it, it wasn't very funny but it is what it is i think it's supposed to be a little insulting to chris jericho and chris jericho is like mm-hmm. okay uh what's your point What's your point, uh, Maxwell? And he's like, he's like, this isn't your real gift. And he hands the the present to the clown. He's like, here's your real gift. And Chris Jericho opens it, and it's a framed photo of MJF. Oh, and he's like, he's like, uh, what the hell, Max? And he ends up breaking the, hitting the clown with the Judas effect, breaking the. Uh, breaking the photo over him and then he looks at he looks at mjf he's like i hate clowns and then they both start laughing and Mm -hmm. um that judas effect on the clown though that was flush it was it was good that that guy that guy ate it yeah and um then mjf says uh he's like he's like oh is it I think he said this this won't be the last surprise that we have uh we'll see I'll I'll see you guys again next week so it looks like there's something this is just part 1 of that story this will continue mm-hmm. and it's expected that he is going to he's he's essentially going to be the heel to Chris Jericho as the face and he's either going to uh wolf pack the inner circle by breaking it up and splitting it off and having his own group within it or he's going to nation of domination which is he's going to infiltrate it maybe join and then take over as the leader and turn on chris jericho and i believe uh from i read online i wasn't watching uh wrestling at this time but when the rock took over nation of domination he gave farouk a photo of himself Yes. So this is yeah, a dir- he presented it to Farouk and then gave the people's eyebrow and then everyone turned on. This is a direct Farouk. reference to the the breakup of or the uh, the infiltration and the um the coup that The Rock did mm-hmm. against Farouk um, back in the nineties. So very well done because AEW knows exactly what they're doing and. Mm-hmm. Um, it should not. I could see that. I could. It should oh, not ahead, be forgotten that uh, um, Sammy Guevara did not get a jacket from MJF in the last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Sammy is eventually going to get his jacket, and it will be from MJF to be his inside man. I'm telling you that right now. It will be Sammy and MJF, and then some other combination of guys, but. That's his inside man, and I can almost guarantee you that. And that'd be the ultimate swerve, yeah. and then Jericho would probably be devastated because yeah, I think uh, like his best friend <laughs> Hager is definitely going to be with Jericho, and uh, Wardlow yeah. is going to be MJF's Hager, and they've already hinted at that being a fight 
in la I think it was last week's episode. They and those two guys went nose to nose. Yeah, that's gonna mm-hmm. happen. And I feel like uh Proud and Powerful, uh Santana and Ortiz are probably going to stay neutral and maybe side with the winners or will just go their own separate ways afterwards. But you have either in either one would make sense. You ha you would have to think that uh during this whole showdown that um Chris or Chris Jericho will be outnumbered because he will be the face in this. You can't have oh, him yeah. having the numbers. So maybe at first um Santana and Ortiz will be with with uh MJF and then uh, maybe they'll leave eventually cuz I think they will be best as faces because they're they're so they're very very funny and they're very very mm-hmm. over on BTE. And yeah. I just think their their future with the company is as faces. They can be vicious heels, but they haven't shown that very often on the top heel faction or on the top heel yeah, in the top heel faction in the company so far. And they've been there for a year, so I think it's time to to change direction with them or just have them separate and maybe join Eddie Kingston or something. They they need a bit of a change. Yeah. And I think this will this might bring that out, or they'll just join MJF, and then they'll be the, that much more vicious. Yeah, I could. You're right. It'd probably be best for them to go. They should. By they don't really. They when don't. Re- impact. They were really good when they were on mm-hmm. their own. They don't really fit in. I've never really felt they fit in with Chris Jericho, and I don't think they'll fit in with MJF either. They definitely don't fit in with MJF. <laughs> Like it, it doesn't. I couldn't. See it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit with his character. Mm-hmm. Like these, these two Puerto Rican guys from the streets of New York. It's yeah. It, He's it's like, odd. They're like the perfect guys to feud with MJF. Yeah, like the rich white they are coming into their. They are the perfect guys thing. to feud with MJF. Maybe they can go this direction down the road. I don't know, but uh, mm-hmm. I think they should be top, a top tag team in the company. And I think eventually they will be oh, for sure. down the road after, um, along with Lucha Bros and half the other mm-hmm. tag teams, after this uh, very, very good Bucks and FTR thing runs its course. Oh, one thing about that. Did you notice how they were standing watching the TV? Oh, yeah. That was a total shot at WWE. Oh yeah, backs were completely turned, and they're looking over their shoulder. And they they did it in they didn't just do it a little bit. They did it in a way that was so over the top. Like if you're going to do yeah. a joke like that, you got to really go for it. And they did, yeah. and I appreciate that. And then they super kicked the cameraman because uh, mm-hmm. AEW doesn't do hidden cameras. Yeah. Which I wait, th- are you spying on us? And yeah, super kicked. <laughs> like that's a very nice touch. It wasn't just that they kicked the cameraman. It's they kick the cameraman because AW doesn't do hidden camera stuff. So I like that yeah, a that, lot. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what? Just when they had their backs turned, it made me laugh really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what are we looking forward to for next week? I haven't actually seen uh, the card. Well, this weekend coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Next week, I know there's the title match, the uh, Mox versus. Uh, Lance Archer, and that should be good. Yeah, Archer Moxley, and I mm-hmm. can't think of anything else. So there's uh, Best Friends versus FTR. 
Right. Oh, you know what? I that was also on the show. They did the. Uh, oh yeah, the weenie shirt. Yeah, best friends came out and FTR's uh, hot dogs. They came out, made fun of FTR, said that they're facing them next week. Some people I heard didn't like that. They thought it was corny. I didn't. I don't. I don't really care either way. That's kind of <laughs> the best friend's shtick, though, is to be. Corny yeah, no, it it, it is. Their talk sh- is to call the tag team champs weenies. Yeah, it it is their shtick. I don't really. I mean, I don't see how you can uh, dislike uh, best friends and then enjoy Orange Cassidy. It's just. Yeah, it is. It's all the same thing. Yeah, it's all the same. Did you see? On Twitter, Jim Cornette was talking crap about uh, Chucky e. T, saying something like, "I'm tired of these Kentucky wrestlers that uh, are comedy wrestlers, but now they're trying to be want to be tough guys, ruining the name of um, Kentucky." And uh, Chucky <laughs> yeah. e. T replied to it and said, "Are you talking about Ricochet?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean th- this bit is a hundred. They're working Cornette. This is a hundred percent a shot at them because they even said. It's like, oh, you guys think that we're just comedy backyard wrestlers, which is exactly what Cornette calls AW mm-hmm. and calls uh, yeah. best friends. So yeah, they're, they're taking a shot at them, especially with FTR being uh, associated with Cornette in the past mm-hmm. and with Cornette really loving FTR. It, this is it's a hundred percent a shot at Cornette, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the only other match I can think of for next week is the TNT title. Yeah, they always have a bunch of matches already announced. I'm sure they're up online. I'll take a look at those. Actually, you know what? Um, Why don't... Isn't um, GCW this weekend? Yes. Okay, so talk about that. And in the meantime, I'm going to look up the card for next week. All right. So GCW is having... Usually during WrestleMania weekend, they have three or four really big independent shows and they usually draw a lot of attention. Uh, like they have Joey Janela's spring break, which is usually just like, what's the most random match I could throw together. Like this year is supposed to be Minoru Suzuki versus orange Cassidy it was supposed to be at spring break, but then COVID happened. So now they're redoing that. And then they're having for the culture, which, uh, uh, the best independent wrestler in the world today, AJ Gray's putting on, and it's to highlight um, African-American wrestlers. Uh, the whole card is just stacked with prime uh, talent that's not really signed anywhere. And it's just to put a spotlight on that. And then there's also uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, which if you've been watching Monday Night Raw recently, they've been doing the Raw Underground where it's just a ring with no ropes, kind of MMA shoot, work shoot style. This started three years ago, four, three years ago. With, um, I guess it's four years ago because Matt Riddle mm-hmm. did the first mm-hmm. one. Yep. Is Matt Riddle's blood sport. And then he got signed to WWE and he let Josh Barnett take it over. So it's just a lot of men and women that are good strikers. It's, it's a lot of stiff shots, a lot of chain wrestling. It's what they call work shoots where it looks real, but it's all a work because it's pro wrestling. But all three of those shows are this weekend. Plus, there's Effie's Big Gay Brunch, which uh, is to, designed to create a safe space for. Uh, LGBTQ uh, wrestlers and fans alike. And it, that that always seems like it's a fun time, too. It's just a lot of really good shows from GCW this weekend that I'm really looking forward to. Oh, one, did you mention Joey Janela's Spring Break in there? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that was the first one. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, his uh, that show is always a highlight for. But for me, it has the highlight has to be Bloodsport this year. Oh, yeah. I would say. It, oh, yeah. it, who is it? Is it Moxley versus Dickinson? Yes, that's the main event. Yeah, that will be. If people haven't seen Chris Dickinson, the Dirty Daddy, the Filthy Papa. Oh my gosh! No, the the, no, the Filthy Father, the Putrid Papa. Everybody yeah. has to watch him. He he is without a shadow of a doubt. My f- he's been my favorite indie wrestler since I found out that the indies were blowing up a few years ago, and still nobody has signed him. And I don't understand. <laughs> like I know he's got an incredible look. He's great. Yeah, he's he's chiseled out of granite. Um, mm-hmm. He has had absolute bangers with guys like Samoa Joe, um, Joey Janela, which, I mean, I guess everybody on the Indies has had a banger with Joey Janela. But, <laughs> but, like, he's, he's, he's trained with Antonio Inoki before. He went to Japan and trained yeah. with the, with one of the most revered Japanese wrestlers of all time. Um, he, he's very much cut from the same cloth as Eddie Kingston while being much more athletic than Eddie Kingston. And Mm -hmm. he also has heavy connections with, uh, with Santana and Ortiz. They used to be in a faction on the Indies called team Pazuzu. And that was because they were from the, uh, the same housing complex in New York, the, okay. Pazuzu housing. So he he has a lot of connections to AEW. I, he's on he's one of the guys that I initially thought that they would land with because he's been on every blood sport. They were talking about having um the the real sports feel. He's as real sports feel as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah, I Watch that match, and he's going to be facing Moxley. It's going to be an absolute treat. Yeah, they are going to yes, and I hope Moxley wears his bicycle shorts because I miss those. Yeah, Moxley's definitely wearing his bike shorts at this. His his little shoot his little shoot booty shorts. Yeah, I love those when he wore them last year during the G one. Mm-hmm. They were great. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I looked it up. The only match that we missed for next week's AEW is uh, another Kip Sabian Miro tag match, which. Hopefully it's better than last week's because who they did they say who they're facing or is it? Yeah, because last week's match was rough to the point where people mm-hmm. thought that Kip Sabian got concussed because they yeah. too many things went wrong in that match. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Joey Janela audibly checked in on Kip Sabian at one point, asking him, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" And they caught it on camera. Yeah. And that was when Miro just threw Kip Sabian at Joey Janela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably just nerves. No, it stuff. it was nerves, Hard and time. I think Miro and hurt his hurt his ankle, uh, like thirty mm-hmm. seconds into the match, and yeah. you could see he was visibly Did upset. They... And Kip Sabian probably was starting to freak out, and I think it all just went off the rails because of the injury. And everybody was just really amped up, thinking that they had to just have an A plus match in his debut, and it was not that. And supposedly mm-hmm. backstage, but his Miro's new look is great, though. 
Yeah, supposedly, like his supposedly pants and stuff. He looks great. Oh yeah, it looks great. He looks like an absolute machine. He's somebody who would actually be great in Bloodsport, by the way. He has a legit yes. kickboxing yeah. background. And, yeah. But yeah, apparently. What were you gonna say about them in backstage? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, backstage, the AEW staff thought the match was trash. Hmm. And probably including Miro and Sabian, they were probably really down on it. Uh, hmm. I would assume, like it. It was unfortunate, like. His big spots at the end, he looked like an absolute monster, and you can see why. But you just, but he he wouldn't be the only big hoss in AEW that has that that's happened to before. Um, mm-hmm. He had like Brody Lee didn't really get off to a hot start, and people were really down on him. And now he yeah. is one of the biggest things in AEW, and people are upset that he lost the belt. So yeah. Like there, there's always time, you know. Yeah, but did they have they said who they're facing? No, next it's week? Uh, undetermined. It so direction? it's probably gonna be someone's gonna get jobbed out to them again, which yeah. uh, it's fine. Everyone does a job at some point. I'm not. I'm not saying that in a uh, as a pejorative. Like everyone's got to lose at some time. Yeah, yeah. Even Goldberg lost. So. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, he never wanted to take a job. He did eventually. Yeah. It's like, have you have you ever heard, have you heard his interview with uh, Stone Cold? Uh, I'm sure I have. He actually talks about. But I'm not uh, the biggest fan of Goldberg, so I probably maybe I no. Haven't. I don't like know. I think I was just watching it on a ho- on TV in a hotel one time, and uh, mm-hmm. he was saying that when. He lost his first match when he finally was booked to lose, and he lost, and he did it great graciously. He didn't know what to do after the match because he's always won. <laughs> he's only ever won a match, mm-hmm. so he always gets up, he flexes, he screams at the crowd. He said he didn't know what to do. He just lay there on the ground, and he was like, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was very funny. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I've never been a huge fan of Goldberg, but I really, I really, that's a very good interview with him and Austin. Yeah. I mean, I ate it up when I was like 13 and he was destroying people, but looking back on it now, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> no. I've always kind of uh, disliked him because he, for me, was kind of, he kind of signaled the, not his fault. But he coincides with the uh, downswing and the eventual folding of WCW. Mm-hmm. And I have had a hard time forgiving him for that, even though he had nothing to do with it. But that was just... Uh, I get you. I loved WCW. I started high school. I didn't have time to watch it. And then I looked back over my shoulder at WCW and it was gone. And yeah. that was right when he was becoming big was when I stopped watching. So I, for the longest time, I put the blame on him. And then he showed up in WWE. It was like, you Judas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his first run wasn't very good, though. So no, I uh, uh, see why you could get mad at him for that, too. Okay, well, I think this uh, the show has run its course. So I think we will uh, we'll wrap it up and... We will be back next week for some more AEW talk. And again, if something significant happens with uh, with any other promotion, we will talk about it. 
and I will try my best to watch it. All right, I will. I'll catch you next week, Brad. All right, have a good one.